We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states. And the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live, in-game odds on every major sports, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have our Detroit Lions versus the Arizona Cardinals game preview. We have a very special guest on this episode. We have former NFL tight end and host of the Believe in Cardinals podcast, Ed Smith, comes by an episode to break down the Detroit Lions versus the Arizona Cardinals matchup all on episode 217 of the Pride Podcast. <laughs> seventh pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Panay Sewell, tackle, Oregon. He's going to run it straight in! Jared Goldberg! Yes! Touchdown Detroit Lions! DJ Hawkinson, yes! they did it! They tied it! They're an extra point away from winning this game! Oh, baby, how big is that? yo what is going on guys welcome back to the pride podcast episode 217 on the blue wire network i am your host tyler joining with my two guys as always i got my man malcolm i got my man pierre how you boys doing today as we break down the arizona cardinals Woo! i am doing great life is good let's get started that's what's up, man. Uh, we have a very special guest with us today from the Believe in Arizona Cardinals podcast. We have ourselves former NFL tight end who actually played for our Detroit Lions, Ed Smith. And he's actually the uncle of current NFL tight end, Irv Smith Jr. So, Ed, how are you doing today, my man? Doing well, man. Looking forward to chopping up with you guys tonight. Yes, sir. This is our first time having you. I've seen you're doing some podcasts with some other Lions guys. I've seen you. You're on with, uh, on the Blue Wire Network. I saw you did a pod with our guy Derek from the Rams Talk Show. So mm-hmm. uh, it's it's good to have you on, Ed, and we appreciate your time today, man. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me on, man. 
But yeah, so let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals. Let's get into this injury report because there was some news that uh, broke with the Arizona Cardinals today that DeAndre Hopkins is likely to miss the remainder of this season with that ankle injury that he's been kind of dealing with all year. Uh, Schefter did say he hopes to return for the playoffs, but he's going to get a second opinion. So we're going to see how that all folds down in the next upcoming weeks with DeAndre Hopkins. So for this matchup in specific versus Detroit Lions, we will not be playing DeAndre Hopkins. So, Adam, just kind of curious – you know, you guys have a good receiving core. You got, you guys got like Rondell Moore, the rookie from Purdue. He's been phenomenal, phenomenal player. AJ Green, you guys picked him up in the offseason. Just how does this receiving core look without DeAndre Hopkins? I know you guys already had a couple games without him, but now planning potentially for the rest of the season without DeAndre Hopkins, is this a loss for the Cardinals? It's definitely a loss, Tyler. I think the thing that is a little encouraging is that, like you, as you mentioned, we were without him for three weeks. You know, uh, him and Kyler were out at the same time. We actually managed to go two and one in that that uh, little uh, spell there. Uh, you hate to lose them, you know, especially down the stretch. It's one thing to be without them during the uh, regular, you know, the early part of the season. But we're in the right. crunch time now, 10 and three. We lost that game against the Rams. Things have tightened up a little bit within the division, as well as that chase for that number one seed. So, you know, regardless of how we've done so far without them, man, we are definitely going to miss them. It's just a matter of other dudes stepping up, as you mentioned. Uh, Christian Kirk's going to have to continue to play well. A.J. Green and obviously Ronda Moore. And then, you know, maybe even um, uh, Zach Ertz will take an even bigger role uh, receiving the ball as well. But everybody's going to have, man, this is all hands on deck now. There's no excuses. We all know between uh, injuries and COVID, man, it's been one of them wacky seasons, and there's no excuses this time of the year. Yeah, I know. I mean – Obviously, it hurts to lose a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, a true number one receiver. But like you just mentioned, the depth on that team. I mean, just speaking from a Lions fan perspective, we will take any of those guys off your team right now. <laughs> they would automatically be our number one probably on our team right now. Take a Rondell Moore. We'll take an A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, whoever it may be. Even a Zach Kurtz would be nice on our team right now. I mean, my goodness. So you guys do obviously have some good depth. But you mentioned it, it is coming to that time of the year where you guys are obviously in a close division race, especially losing that game on Monday versus the Rams. And you guys are getting close to the playoff time, so losing a guy like DeAndre Hopkins is obviously crucial. But I want to get into more of this injury, uh, injury report for the Arizona Cardinals that they actually didn't practice on Wednesday, so these are all estimations. So uh, just looking at the Wednesday injury report for the Arizona Cardinals, starting off with cornerback Robert Elford, he did not participate. Running back James Conner, who's been phenomenal for the Cardinals all year, uh, he did not participate. He's been a touchdown machine, and a touchdown machine for my fantasy team. He's been amazing. <laughs> Defensive lineman Lackey Foto, a prospect I like from Utah. He didn't participate with the shoulder. I uh, mentioned D-Hop. Uh, he didn't participate with the knee injury. Defensive lineman Zach Kurz dealing with the rib injury. He did not participate. And then defensive lineman uh, Corey Peters didn't participate. And then your limited participants were Jordan Phillips and Justin Pugh, offensive lineman. Malcolm, what is the Lions injury report looking for this Here. Sunday? So the Detroit Lions injury report we have, starting with linebacker Alex Anzalone, he was not a participant in practice. Safety Elliott, he was also a non-participant in practice today. Tight end TJ Hawkinson, he has a hand injury, he was not a participant in practice. Guard Jonah Jackson, he was not a participant in practice today. Outside linebacker Julian Okora also was not a participant in practice today. Running back. DeAndre Swift was not a participant in practice. And then we have our limiteds with Derek Barnes. He was a limited in practice. Michael Brockers, limited in practice. Austin Bryant, he was also limited in practice today. Jalen Reese Maven was limited in practice. And Panay Sewell was limited in practice today. Uh, you know what scares me for this matchup coming up this Sunday is our cornerback room. And I just mentioned how good the Arizona Cardinals skill position players are, even without a DeAndre Hopkins. And as of right now, 
time can change. Ed already mentioned how crazy COVID is, and COVID has been with the NFL this year, and the Lions are one of those teams that are dealing with a bunch of COVID cases or guys that are in close contact that weren't able to play last Sunday especially, and we don't know the status coming into this game versus the Arizona Cardinals. The Lions, as of right now, don't have another starting corner outside right now. They, they just don't have one on the current team. Actually, Pierre told me they claimed someone today. I don't know anything. About, Pierre, who, is, who do we claim today? It was the other day. Uh, they claimed Savion Smith from the Niners. Okay. Does he have any experience of starting? Um, I am not sure. I haven't really looked at him, but I'm guessing if the Niners released him, the Niners don't really have a good secondary, so that should tell you yeah, something I mean, about they, that. They've been rolling with a, an older Josh Norman. Uh, so I should tell you something. If they can't stay on the Niners, that tells you something. That's not yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we lost Jerry Jacobs. He's out they, claimed, the they also claimed a safety, Brady Breeze, Brady Breeze yep, yep. rookie out of Oregon. Yeah, but as far as corners, man, and outside corners, I don't know who's going to be lined up out there. I mean, obviously you got Amani or Warrior. That's a given. And then after that, it's just a bunch of question marks. Is a guy like Ifatima Lafon going to be activated? Or it's just this is this is a shit show right now. Mark Gilbert, is he going to be activated off the COVID <laughs> list? Like we don't know what's going to happen with the starting outside corner, you know, position right now. And some also good news that we got though: AJ Parker is expected to come back this Sunday. So you kind of ensure your nickel corner. Okay, which that's is, good. Which is good. Man, no okay. Harris. Tyler, yeah, do you have yeah. your cleats? You, you, <laughs> Ed, Ed, could you, Ed, I know you said you were tight end. Could you still line it up, man? <laughs> we have no Hawkinson this week, it looks like. So we, we need a corner, up, Ed? We need a corner. You need more than me, man. <laughs> you're, I mean, you're a former Lion, man. I mean, you, you know, you have your connection with Allen Park. I mean, come on, man. Just go out there for a little bit. We need you for the week, Ed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like you guys are going through it right now, especially – at the one and eleven and one mark, it's like it just continues to pile up on you, and uh, I feel your pain, man. I mean, it's just these these are long seasons when you're watching it kind of unfold like this. So, like every week, it just seems like you know the, the hits keep on coming for you, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, go- especially when we lost Jerry Jacobs, promising young player. He might be out next year too, which kind of sucks because yeah. undrafted kid was playing probably like a first rounder. I I think that's fair. He was playing at a high level. He's out. Torn ACL nine months last yeah. week. Yeah, and I want to go back to this Cardinals injury report for a little bit. So I see James Connors listed here with an ankle injury, and he's been an he's been an animal for you guys. Mm-hmm. And obviously Chase Edmonds, it looks like he could potentially be back this week. I know he's already been designated uh, back to practice. That was last week, so he was like a game time decision on Monday night versus the Rams. But if somehow James Conner has to miss some time, how does this running back room look for the Arizona Cardinals going forward? It definitely looks different. I would venture to say that being that they had the short week with the Monday game, and I did, from what I read earlier, Conner's injury didn't seem to be too serious. But, you know, with any designation, you're going to be on the list. And I would imagine at this stage of the season, Tyler, he's not practicing a whole lot anyway. Most of the time with your running backs, as you get further into the year, those guys are basically just kind of doing walkthroughs and not taking a lot of pounding during the week. Uh, if he isn't there, though, the question, if he isn't there, that changes everything dramatically because he's been our workhorse, you know, obviously with Edmonds being out for a few weeks. And uh, Edmonds is a good back, but I don't know if he's your every down, you know, 25, 30 carries a game type dude. He's a nice change up to what Connor's been doing. Connor is our downhill bruiser, if you want to call him that. Uh, get those tough yards when he has to, and then also great in the passing game. But if you're going to put it all on Edmund's shoulder, that would severely, uh, you know, kind of 
uh, limit our running attack, if you ask me. And we always have Kyler out there chipping in. I mean, there's been so many games for us where you know, we'll end up with 120 yards and Kyler has 50 or 60 of them. So we can always count on that for him. But you don't want to put that all on the shoulders. So I'm hoping uh, that uh, Connor is basically, like I said, just more maintenance than anything. He'll you know get the, the, the short week, a lot of rest, and be out there on Sunday ready to go. Yeah, You actually brought up a really good point that I was actually going to bring up is Connor in the passing game. My goodness. Yeah. Like, I think, like, three weeks in a row, I've seen him with, like, a one-hand grabber. <laughs> yeah. He's been, in the past game, he's been phenomenal this year. He's really I, showing that he's a much better back than just an in-between-the-tackles guy. He could, you know, put him, give him swing passes outside and yeah. or even line him up, and he'll, you know, get passes. And I think, Malcolm, because we never saw a lot of that in Pittsburgh. For whatever reason, you know, it was something that they never utilized, so you get him here, and it's like, wow, that dude can actually catch the ball, and you know, he's actually a, a nice, you know, uh, kind of a last resort, like the, you know, to be able to get late options to him. And then even up the field, he's not just a lot of swing passes out of the backfield. You've seen a couple of those one-handed grabs. Those have been up the middle of the field. And anytime yeah. you can get your running back up the middle of the field, obviously with tight ends and everybody clearing out, you know, a lot of room for, for that yak afterwards. But he showed me a lot with his uh, catching abilities. And I said, I think the biggest surprise is that Pittsburgh never tapped into that. Yeah. Yeah. Detroit Lions football is finally back. And there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Detroit Lions tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T I C K P I C K, is the original no fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that all the other ticket sites charges, which let them guarantee the best price on all the NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you find a better price for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick would give you 110% of the difference in your purchase price. So if you're headed to Ford Field to watch your Detroit Lions take on the Arizona Cardinals, then TickPick got you covered. Visit TickPick.com slash pride podcast today save ten dollars on your first order of your detroit lines tickets we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, uh, so Ed, I've like, I've looked a little at the Cardinals, right? And it looks like the O-line is a problem. But obviously, you have a Kyler who's a mobile quarterback. Doesn't maybe get sacked as much as other guys because he can move and he could create mm-hmm. things. 
Um, is that still a problem right now? Well, it is if the other teams try to expose it, which the, which the Rams did this past week. There's, there's a formula. If you're going to try to attack the Cardinals' offensive line and keep Kyler under wraps, uh, the, the basic formula is hard pressure up the middle, which obviously the Rams can do with Darnold and right. everything they got on. Uh, and then containment on the outside. I think a lot of times what happens, these teams will early pressure, but they don't contain them on the outside. And, man, he's like a – that's like trying to catch a wet, uh, a muddy pig, man. I mean, that dude is is once he gets out in the open, or if you let him yeah. out the gates, he's so fast. And I mean, he just makes a lot of dudes look silly once he gets out there. But like I said, the the formula is if you're going to come after him, you better not only pressure up the middle, but you better contain him because once he gets outside, uh, game over. And like you mentioned, Pierre, the, the thing with our offensive line, he makes them look a lot better than they actually are sometimes right. because of his. Capability. There's a lot of other quarterbacks who would be taking a lot more sacks, but because he can get out of there and he hits that eject button, I say he makes them look a little better than what they are actually sometimes. I, I, so I'm just curious, you know, you know, now I think we've seen a couple of times that this season, the Arizona Cardinals obviously been a very successful season. And I would say they exceeded my expectation just personally, just looking at the outside in from the offseason and, and how they are looking right now. But I think one problem I've you know, seen with this team and especially in primetime games, big games we've seen on Thursday night where they just kind of collapsed at the end with the miscommunication with AJ and Kyler. And then you had this Monday night game versus the Rams. I'm, I'm just curious, you know, you compare yourself to the, te- the rest of the teams, in the NFC, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Green Bay Packers, and then the Los Angeles Rams. Where do you kind of put the Arizona Cardinals? Do you think they're belong with the top guys or are they just kind of in the middle of the right now? Like, where do you compare the Arizona Cardinals right you now? You know, I think the record is deceiving because obviously 10 and 3, everybody thinks, oh my God, that's a great team. It's a very good team, Tyler. But the problem is, you know, everybody looks at what the record is and they think, well, they got to be this and that. The one thing that I've been cautioning all the way to this point, we have a very young team, you know, some scattered veterans in there, very young team. We also have a very young coach in his third year, I think it is. Yeah. And what I saw this past, Third uh, Monday was a little bit of exposure when it comes to being in those hot pressure moments. Uh, some decisions that he made and even game plan, time, clock management, everything. You can tell. And we have a little joke out here of my radio partners. And we, we talk about you can sometimes see him on the sideline with those papers kind of shaking. You know, and it's like, you know, and this was much mostly last year. Obviously, you know, this year has been pretty calm and cool for the most part. But we saw on Monday – when he got turned up a little bit, he kind of reverted back to old Cliff where he wasn't quite sure, wasn't quite on time with making the decisions or make, making the right decision. And that kind of trickles down to the team as well. Players on the field, if, they're, if you're not sure as the coach, sometimes they're not sure as well, and that's when that miscommunication comes into play. And they'll, also, they'll always throw that miscommunication word out there. But like I said, sometimes it's just not being quite ready for the moment. you know, And it's going to get tougher – as the season progresses because every game counts even more now. So whether we're playing the lions or the Cowboys or whoever it is, no time to be slipping up. Uh, these every game will count down the stretch. And we're going to find out how, I guess, much progress Kingsbury has made in terms of being ready for the big moment. Very, very questionable call. He made yeah. uh, last game going for it on that fourth down. Yep. When they were down by 10 and they could have kicked the field goal to make it a one possession game. That was yep. a huge call. 
I would have yeah. lost, lost my mind if I was a Cardinals fan. And especially, oh, yeah. and, and especially Matt Prater's the kicker, and we can relate this, relate to this as Lions fans. I mean, he had two fifty three yards just in that game <laughs> He's alone. Yeah, I mean, and it, you need the field goal regardless. It's not like yeah. it was, you know. So, yeah, it was a bit interesting decision, and I'm just kind of curious now. What, what are Cardinals, uh, Cardinals fans' thoughts right now on Cliff Kingsbury? I know, obviously, there were some questions about him the first two years, but now it's leading to some more wins right now. So, what's like your perception on Cliff Kingsbury, and what's kind of the Cardinals fans' perception on him? I get it, Cardinals fans. You know, if you're a diehard Cardinals fan, you're very happy with where you are right now. Who would have thought the Cardinals would be ten and three at this stage of the season? If you're somebody jumping on and off the bandwagon, uh, Kingsbury can go from one big week being the greatest coach on the planet Earth to being the biggest goat or biggest of clown, you know, just that quickly. So that kind of fluctuates. As far as I'm concerned, I have been very, I was very critical of Kingsbury last year because he I didn't see a lot of adjustments. I didn't see a, a lot of great decisions. I didn't see a lot of in-game. Uh, you know, game planning. It was we came into the game with the plan, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, we're just gonna keep trying until it works. I've actually seen a lot more creativity this year. I've seen a lot more adjustments on the sideline from series to series, not just half to half, which I'm encouraged about. The one thing that I just mentioned, not quite sold on that. When it comes down to nut cutting time, you're matched up against dude across the uh, the field who sometimes, you know, because the further you get into the season and into the playoffs, you're going to be playing the best of the best. And some of these coaches, great experience. They've been there before. Kingsbury and our young team has it. That might be a factor moving, you know, down the down the road. You know, so for, for Kingsbury, the only way you can learn and get the experience is by going through it. It's right. just that when you have one of these type of seasons, everybody's expect expectations go through the roof. Now it's no longer, well, you know, you, just kind of going through the growing pains. No, now everybody's expecting. This team was 10-3 and three at one point. We almost had the number one seed. You know, the expectations go through the roof, and now everybody's going to be that much more critical regarding Kingsbury. Me, myself, I'm still in a wait and see. You know, give him some time. Uh, this And hopefully maybe this game against the Rams was a little bit of an eye-opener for him where he has to become a little more uh, confident in what he's doing on the sideline maybe a little quicker with what he's doing so he's not making those last-minute bad decisions. So I noticed something with the Cardinals' defense. They're ranked four or fifth over and fifth in total defense, but they're ranked 16th in rushing defense. Do you think the Lions could expose their run defense a little and help their defense out by keeping the Cards' offense? On Absolutely. The Everybody who's had success with, against our defense has been on the ground. And, not, not you know, we're not talking about some of the best running attacks in the in the league, I think even Jacksonville gassed us a little bit. And that's been our one bugaboo. The one thing that they're really going to have to tighten up if they plan on making a run, obviously very close to solidifying a playoff spot. Uh, but if they do get in and want to make a run, man, I, I, I go back to the Packers game a few weeks ago. Uh, when the Packers came out in their first two series, they had a little thought of, hey, we're going to try to get up the field on these guys quickly. They dropped their back a uh, twice, two series, they went two, three and outs. They went over to the sideline, and they had a secondary plan, obviously. Because after seeing our defense get after him the first six plays, they came back and they were like, look, now nah, that's not going to work tonight. Let's try this out. That The try this out was let's run the ball, put our heads down, start, they started gashing us, and then they even took their running backs and spread them out and would use their short passing game as their running game. And that has been right. a big, big thing 
you know, teams, anybody who wants to just drop back and throw the ball against this defense, you're in for a long day. But you can figure out how to establish your running game, and then like the Rams did, throw play action off of that. That's how you can get at this defense. Yeah, that's how I think, like, should be the plan. Also, um, I noticed there's a corner named Marco Wilson. He struggles a little, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe attack him in the game plan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like blood in the water, man. I, you know, the sharks will smell it. You, you know, week to week, uh, you know, the coordinators are looking at who's playing well and who's not. And man, in this situation, I've, you know, if you don't go after them, something's wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. if, if there's been one successful thing for this Lions team, this one and eleven, one eleven and one Lions team, a lot of ones in that. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. But but um, if there's been one successful thing for this team, it's actually been the run game. It doesn't really matter who's been really. Um, running the ball for this Lions team, it, 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 like we saw last week, it was Craig Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Not many people who knew who Craig Reynolds was before, you know, that game, unless you watch the Lions preseason. But, you know, like whoever's been running you know, in the back for the Lions this year, it's been pretty successful. I mean, some games obviously not as great, but I think since Dan Campbell's specifically taking over the play calling, you know, the, the run game has been better. And I don't know if that's a credit to Ben Johnson, who's putting a little more, uh, you know, say into the offense or Hank Fairley, who's just been phenomenal as offensive line coach here. Um, but I guess, yeah, that's something I would look for the Lions to try to get going this Sunday. Like you mentioned, is try to establish that run game. And then if you could, you know, get that run game going, then maybe expand on that, maybe get the play action going, maybe even drop back a little bit. But the Lions initial game plan, with any team, even if they are a great run defense, is never going to be. Let's drop back and let Jared Goff throw the ball forty times. It's just, it's just no never going to happen. Yeah, no. yeah. I'll say this much too: if I was in the Cardinals uh, locker room and with, or I would say in the coaches' meetings, I would warn the Cardinals: be prepared for anything this week. Just like oh, when yeah. you guys went out to play the Rams, the fake punts and this and that. At this point, one eleven and one. You have nothing to lose. Right. And, you know, Campbell, Dan Campbell, I applaud him. And I and I know when you're over there in the middle of it, fellas, it's so tough because you're like, damn, 111-1. I'll say this much. You guys have been in just about every game, and those dudes are out there playing hard for Campbell. And that go for right. me, somebody who's watching from the outside, that means a lot. I mean, these guys have not given up, and they're not putting their heads down week in and week out. I see these dudes battling. And that's a, I mean, like I said, it's almost, I guess, a testament to how much they like playing for Dan. And that's a good thing. When you want to, when you'll run through a brick wall for your coach, look at, look at what's going on down in uh, uh, Jacksonville right now. <laughs> that's a sinking boat like you couldn't imagine. Yikes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but Yikes. here we are with the, with the Lions. They stay in every game, they play hard. And well, like I'm saying, be prepared. The Cardinals aren't ready for at least a fake punt or a double reverse with a pass or something like that then they're they're I mean they're not doing their homework because I imagine all tricks are coming out the bag this week. Oh yeah, I just want to have a kind of follow up on that. You know, you actually being in a locker room for let's say a season that's just not going your way. It's been a tough year for your team. You know, how tough could it be to continue to fight every single Sunday and just throughout the whole practice, you know, the week of practice and like you know, it does it get discouraging at times. It's like, man, like why am I even doing this? Or just like what's the thoughts? If it's a bad organization and you don't believe in your leader, man, it's the toughest. I mean, it's the toughest driving to work that you can imagine because you know once you get there, you're gonna be miserable. You're gonna be out around other people that are miserable. Everybody gets together in those huddles and start talking. It's just a bad atmosphere. If you really care about your coach and you 
have faith in him, it's I mean, you you know, hey, all we gotta do is keep working. And he I believe in him, and I know he believes in me. Give you a quick um scenario. My first year in Atlanta, before we went to the Super Bowl the following year, we started that. So it was Dan Reeves came down, took over, running shoot, no, you know, just a debacle there in Atlanta for a few years. He came down, took it over, started trying to bring the right people in, brought some of his coaching staff down from New York, some other players, you know, we all kind of came down. This is all brand new for all of us. We started that season one and seven. We were a laughing stock of the, the league. We actually finished the season off after following Dan and listening to him in the meetings, you know, just encouraging us. We got to stay in this. Each of you is responsible for what you can control, nothing else. We finished that season six and eight. We were one game wow. short of being the first team to ever start a season one and seven and finish seven one. We lost our last game out here in Arizona, actually, against the Cardinals. So, I mean, that was building blocks for what was to come the following year. Obviously, we got into the offseason. We worked hard, uh, became more of an, uh, a positive a- atmosphere. They weeded out some of the bad, uh, you know, what that was within, and the rest is history. So, you know, like I said, the, the, it, can, it can turn quickly, but most times it takes time. And I think you guys are headed in the right direction, record or not. I actually want to bring something up because you actually brought up a really big point that a lot of the Lions fans are not seeing. And you brought up a big point about momentum as far as you guys went on that streak at the end of that year and went, you said eight and one, and then carried over to that very next year. And you said you guys went to the Super Bowl, correct? Mm-hmm. You got to the Super yeah. Bowl that, that following yeah. year. Mm-hmm. That's a similar situation that happened in Detroit back in, I believe it was 2010 when um they were – they were two and they were two and ten, I believe, and then they won their last four. Four, then in the very next year we went to the um, playoffs. That the next year with Stafford, but a lot of Lions fans they don't believe in momentum as far as it carries over yeah. from one season to the next. And they're like, oh, this is tank and just get these draft picks. This is tank and get these draft picks. But I'm a firm believer in momentum. Just I just want to I just want a good football team, and this is get this momentum to carry on to next year so we can have a good football team. Is is that momentum like is it real as far as carrying on from one season to the next? Well, I, you know, I don't care how many draft picks you have. If you keep drafting the wrong people or not the right people, none of that matters. And it also goes to be right. said for your coaching staff and people you have leading those those guys. Where the momentum comes in, Malcolm, it's all about building, like, what's the word they always use? Culture. Uh, culture. That's it. Exactly. It's about, look, we're trying to – we want everybody on board all pushing or pulling in the same direction. Not always going to be successful, but – if we have the right people in this locker room, eventually we'll get there. And I'm telling you, I've been in some good winning locker rooms. I've been in some bad locker rooms that just, you just know that this is not going to go well. And, you know, a lot of it starts from up top with your coaching staff. And like I said, it kind of trickles down to the players. As far as momentum, we all know as soon as the your last game of the season is over, the season's over. It doesn't necessarily carry over to next year, but all that hard work everybody puts in in the training room, in the lot in the, the weight room, going out and doing your uh um your um endurance and all that kind of stuff. These are the things that carry over to the following year, Malcolm, where everybody all of a sudden everybody's nobody's trying to cut edges. Everybody's actually doing their work to get better. And that's when you get a whole group that's doing it together. Man, it's a beautiful thing, I'm telling you. All right, Ed. Uh, you were only here for three games in Detroit, but let's just go back to history. Was the 1999 Detroit Lions a good locker room or a bad locker room? 
it's okay. It's okay. You can say it. It's all right. It was uh we we know back in the in the in the nineties and the early two thousands. This no well, I I I witnessed it, so I know. So Bobby Ross was a uh, he was a good man, great man, not the best leader as far as being coach of the whole thing. But we did have some great position coaches. I was under uh, Danny Smith was my tight end coach. That dude was one of the best. I've been around a whole bunch of them. That dude could coach his behind off. I'm still glad to see he's in the league doing his thing. As far as players, that Detroit team was kind of dissected. You had your guys who had been around for a while and kind of gotten used to the Detroit culture, you know, not necessarily being all that successful. But they were there making their money, and everything was good as long as they got their paycheck each week. It wasn't a whole lot of what I would call, like, continuity. Like, everybody wasn't all on the same page. You know, incidentally, I went through training camp with you guys, left, and I came back later in the year. Uh, we At one point I got there, we were 8-4, and four, uh, ended up 8-8, eight and eight, crumbling down the finish, still made it into the playoffs. Then we went over and took a butt whooping over in Washington. I think it was like 45 to 10 or something like that. But that was kind of the identity of that team. It was a lot, team with a whole lot of talent, but everybody wasn't there all on the same page. All right. Uh, let's get a little more back into this Sunday. I appreciate your analysis, you know, going back into the day for the Lions. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a little before my time. So I think it's just fascinating to, you know, find out some information <laughs> about that, find out the culture and the insights and all that. But I think it's a history. Uh, yeah, for sure. No, it's, 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 that's fascinating. Uh, but going, you know, going to this game this Sunday, what would you consider the keys for the Cardinals to win this game? Cardinals, don't get don't get too fancy with this one. Come out, try to establish your running game. Uh, you know, we need we do need a game from Kyler. He's trying to shake off a little bit of that rust after being off three weeks and then a bye week. Uh, didn't look as crisp as I would like him to against the Rams, and definitely didn't against the Bears a couple weeks. Uh, you know, get him back into I guess pre-injury mode where he's, you know, seeing his receivers down the field. Obviously we're out D hop. Uh, don't put it all on, on his shoulders, but make sure we get him involved in the game. And defensively, man, we just need to get after golf. Don't give him a second to think like he's going to have a good quarterback day from first snap. We need to be after him. Stop your running game for one. We can't let you guys start running the ball, uh, be in this game late. Got to keep our eyes open for all tricks and, and, and funky stuff and funny stuff, you know. But for the most part, if we come in there, and this is one of those situations, fellas, where we're 10 and 3, you're 1, 11 and 1. We should win this game. This Absolutely. is one of those on Absolutely. the schedule where you're like, we have the better team. If we go over there and we do anything but win this game, this is going to be a huge failure. But you can't go over there expecting that you're going to win. You have to execute everybody, handle their business, not try to do too much. Kingsbury, get back on your game as well. We should go over there and handle our business in this game. But like I said, this is all about getting back to the fundamentals and just, you know, like I said, not doing, trying to do too much too fancy. Yeah, Ed, you're also playing probably against some practice squad players that are going to be starting. So, mm-hmm. Denver, oh, yeah, it's kind of what the doctor ordered. That. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of I mean, what, it's kind of what <laughs> the doctor ordered in Arizona. Like, you kind of need a game to kind of get back into it. Get right, get right. Yeah, it's game, a, the yeah. get right game. Obviously, like you mentioned, like you you can't take these guys for light. You can't you can't take these guys for granted. It's not a Division two school versus Division one school in college football. It's at the end of the yeah. day, it's the NFL. It's, it's the NFL. NFL. These are right. all NFL players. At the end of the day. But, I mean, it helps when you're playing the Detroit Lions and <laughs> and you need a get-right game after coming off a of very I will, I will, I'll reiterate, though, Tyler, 
this is a game that the Lions, I'm sure Dan is getting those dudes fired up. Oh, yeah. They would, they would love nothing more than to put a thorn in the Cardinals' season. And this is one of those games. You can be 111-1. You look back on your season, and we got this one and maybe a couple more to finish out. Man, you're talking about trying to build some momentum. This is what he's looking for, and he's gonna have he's gonna have them, them boys ready to go. You guys are not gonna come out and just lay down and take it like man. Now, this is gonna be a, a fight. Now, you know, we jump out on top of you and we get the rolling, you know, could get out of hand and ugly. But the Cardinals, like I said, they 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 have a tendency every now and then to let you know let one of these stay close. I I'd like to see this one put away by the third quarter sometime. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think at the end of the day, the talent will probably just overtake it at some point during this right. game. But I do agree with you. I mean, the Lions are not going to go down easy. I mean, just like last week, they mm-hmm. they were very talented, deprived versus the Denver Broncos. And the final score won't show that they put a good a fight because they lost 30, 30 to 10. But at halftime, it was 17 to 10, had the mm-hmm. ball to start off the second half. And then there was a point where they could have tied the game. Uh, the final score doesn't show that. But, you know, that's kind of game I, I hope to expect. And that's what you kind of want to see as a fan going forward for this Lions team. Absolutely. So, uh, so Chandler Jones had a big game week one. I believe he had five sacks. Since yes. then, he's kind of been like up and down. In my opinion, I always tell people this. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the league, one of the best pass rushers. But how has he been this year? It seems like his numbers aren't as high. Like if you take that Titans game out, they're not as like um, as impressive as numbers. Well, you know, everybody likes to do up here. In the first game of the season, he had five sacks against Tennessee. So everybody's like, damn, Chandler's going to have like 65, 70 sacks this year. <laughs> you know, we, we, we forget that other teams scout and they know who he is. And then you throw in the factor that we lost um, J.J. Watt. It's just right. more attention is being paid to Chandler because he doesn't have that second dude next to him. You look at the Rams. I mean, come on. I mean, you're talking about a, 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 they got so much riches over there. It's unbelievable. Yeah. You can't focus on one, you know. Right. Uh, with Chandler, I think he's he is very underrated uh, as far as fans and the media, but other teams are not taking him for granted. He's getting a whole lot of attention. So what he does, I mean, he's taking up two, sometimes three, with somebody chipping on him and stuff like that before they get out on their routes. He's causing uh, problems for offensive offense. You just don't see it in the stats. But he's having another one of those good years. You look at, you know, minus our run defense, like I said, that's the biggest bugaboo. But, you know, overall, they are getting after it. And a lot of it has to do with what he's doing on, on his side of the ball. Oh, yeah. He's a game plan wrecker, in my opinion. Like, yeah, he could destroy yeah. game plans. He's that type of player. 100%. Well, he's as a tight end. I'm telling you, man. You you know, you get over there and you're like, every, when you break the huddle, you're like, damn, he's on my side. <laughs> <laughs> there are times when you're like, I can oh, imagine. I can yeah, imagine. There's, there's I some can imagine. dudes, man, you just hope. He's always lining up on the, on the other side. <laughs> yeah, but Pierre, I got a question for you now. So, obviously, tough task for Dan Campbell, tough task for just the coach staff in general. You're playing a team that's coming off an emotional loss versus a division rival versus the Rams, a get-right game for the Arizona Cardinals. What's the key to the, the victory for the Lions to maybe steal one versus Arizona and play spoiler? Uh, what, I, what I'm going to try to do, we talked about this earlier, but we always say this on our show and Ed brought it up. You have to pull out all your tricks, and you have to run game. You got to get the run game going. What I mean by that is you keep the ball – Keep possession of the ball. Your best defense is keeping Cardinals offense on the sidelines. So just run the ball, control the clock, get your play action maybe going. And then that would also slow down the Cardinals offense getting into rhythm as well because Kyler likes to get into rhythm. If you're running the ball out, they're not seeing the field a lot. Mm-hmm. That's how you could win this game. But 
I mean, <laughs> that's you, asking a lot. That's yeah, asking a lot. Would you agree with that, Ed? Is that the biggest kryptonite for the Arizona Cardinals? Is Absolutely. what Pierce advertising? Absolutely. That would be my game plan going in. And, you know, we all know those limitations of golf from t- some time. Uh, don't put too much on his shoulders. Do use a lot of play action, a lot of rollout to get him out of that pocket and run, run, run the ball. Yeah, I mean, J- J- Jared Goff, obviously, completely different circumstances, but has a good record versus the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, this is completely different. There's no Rams team right here, and this Cardinals team is a lot different than the teams yeah. that Jared Goff has played in the past. But historically, Jared Goff has been good versus the Arizona Cardinals. That is something to look at, man. I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think these players, at least the players that have been on the Cardinals for a while and have lost to Jared Goff, I think they're looking at this matchup and they're looking at their chops and saying, uh, you know, we're going to kick this guy's ass this week. We're, we're sick of this guy beating us. I mean, this guy's not good. We, we got to beat him this week, right? <laughs> so um, Don't come in too overconfident. I'm oh, yeah, this. No. So Lions fans were split between three players during the draft process, Derek Brown, Okuda, and Isaiah Simmons. I've seen Okuda's hurt. Derek Brown, I think he's playing well with Carolina. How is Simmons looking? Is he like up and down? Is he kind of finding his groove a little? Second year player, he's finally, I think he's, things are starting to slow down a little bit for him out there. The first year, I, you know, I, I I have no idea how some of these rookies came in with, you know, obviously it was a COVID year, uh, very little training camp. They had no offseason program. Right. Very little training camp, zero preseason games. And then you jump right into playing in the NFL. So, you know, I, I looked out here, looked out there last time a few times. I was like, I feel so sorry for him, man, because things were moving so fast. What I'm seeing now is he's catching up a little bit. And he's always, I mean, he's a downhill dude, too. He was not afraid to stick his nose in things. And he is, he's a, one of those Swiss Army Knights. I, there are times I've seen him, you know, covering tight ends up the middle. Then the next, you know, he's covering running backs, coming out of the backfield, trying to run wheel routes and stuff like that they do and then filling holes so as they continue to figure out how to use him and he continues to catch up with the game i said we got a good last year i was a little worried i was like wow they might have put a little too much on this young man's shoulders but he actually looks like he's finally you know understanding the game and i think they're using him well as well but he's he's got a bright future here though yeah, how is he in coverage? Because he's young. You know, some young guys struggle a little. Is he, like, okay? He's, is he struggling? He's been pretty good. As long and lanky as he is and big, you would think that he would have trouble, you know, getting out and covering in the, the flats and up the middle with these tight ends. And He's actually done really well. Uh, and I've seen him because, because of his size, he's actually been able to break up some passes and different things like that. So, like I said, they can, and then we go out and get a carbon copy of him with Zayvon Collins, who – Zayvon Collins is this year going through the growing pains of Simmons last year, but you eventually get the two of them out there doing their thing either simultaneously or backing each other up. I think this would be pretty cool. But Simmons is really in year two leaps and bounds from year one. Like I said, I've been very encouraged, really encouraged from what I've seen from him so far. Yeah. Soon they're going to have two really good, really good players. Yeah. And, and, yeah both of them. So, Ed, um, before we get out of here, let's get your scoring prediction and bowl prediction, man. So, what's your score for this game? Man. Oh, goodness. This is one of those tricky ones. I'm obviously going Cardinals. Uh, I think it's going to be a little closer than everybody thinks. I haven't even seen the spread so far. 13. 13. 13. 13. No, nah, that's too much. That's too many to give on the road, uh, even against a Lions team. I'm thinking more like. Um, this is one of those 30 to 22 games, 
something like that. Probably. I would gladly take that as a Lions fan. If yeah. we lose <laughs> by eight points to the Cardinals. If we can throw 22 points on, in, against the Cardinals, yeah, I'll take that. And hold on to 30 points with that defense, the way they're banked up right now. That'd be something. I mean. You have to you have to put your market down, 30 to 22. Actually, I don't think it's going to be a watch. So I don't think Cardinals are going to come up there and just run up and down the field because I don't think uh, Dan Campbell's going to allow that to happen. I just And I, here I am, I said that, and it was a bunch of weeks ago I picked uh, the Lions to beat the Eagles, and you guys got Ooh. molly whopped. I was like, yeah. come on, uh, just yeah. destroyed my pools and everything, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I call it the Lions way, you know. It, yeah. it's, it's like God. that happens. It's the games that you give them a shot to win, and then they completely blow it. Well, the, Eagles, the, yeah. the Eagles surprised us because they never really ran the ball. We were talking about yeah. our show. Why the hell don't they run the ball? They have all this talented linemen, these running backs, and they come out and they run the ball. Run the ball, yeah. They ran it down on throws. I've been guilty of here, I, I have actually picked your lines three or four times this year, and every Sweet. time they've got me. All right. I mean, Ed mentioned, you know, how like Cliff Kingsbury's had some tough times adjusting. It was especially that Monday night game versus the Rams. I think that's something that's been a problem so far with Dan Campbell. I think he's getting better as the season has gone on, yeah. but it's the in game adjustments that's been a, a killer. It's kind of like he has that game plan going into the week, but if it doesn't work, there's no adjustment, and then they have no answer to it. And then, especially in that Eagles game, there was no answer to like what Pierre said because they caught us so off guard. You yeah. would hope, you know, maybe coming to the halftime locker room or at some point during the game, like let's adjust. Let's let's they're running the ball down our throats. Let's stack the box. Maybe let's maybe let Jalen Hurts kind of beat us with his arm or something. That was something that Dan Campbell just absolutely did not do in that game. And I think that's some of the growing pains we've kind of seen in you know his rookie season of being a head coach. And it takes time. I mean, it's you know, it's a yeah. lot of decisions to be made. Right. Um, you know, and, and it was back in my back in my day, I hate to age myself, but we used to have the pictures sent down, you know, so we'd be flipping through pictures. They got all remember these that. tablets and everything now. <laughs> they got yeah. those tablets on the sideline for a reason. You're supposed to be making adjustments, not half to half or you know, game to game. These nowadays, man, you gotta be from series to series. You have yep. to be ready to, and that's the one thing that is probably killing Dan right now because, like you said, he's just not there yet. But, you yeah. know, hopefully eventually he will. But, it t- I mean, some of the best. It took him a while to get there, so give him some time. Yeah, I think he also, like, when he took over play calling duties, we started to see more mistakes because I, I think he had, like, a little too much responsibility on his hands. Yeah. But- I was really surprised when he did that. I didn't know he was an offensive guy. I, like, you know, not, not necessarily offensive guy, but coordinator calling the plays. I thought he'd be more one of those generals – Directing, not actually calling the shots. He doesn't mark my And we were all surprised. And we were all surprised. All Lions fans are like, "Wait, he's doing what? He's he, he's gonna be calling what?" Yeah, it was really first, bad at first. Remember the first game I, I saw him over there with the big sheet, and he's doing. I was like, "Wait a minute, what that happened?" <laughs> yeah, Ed, do you have a, a bold prediction for this game? Bold prediction for me is. The lines expect, will cover the spread. Well, no, <laughs> expect expect a couple to three trick plays in this one. Mm, Dan okay. is going to bring like some of the – He is going to, like I said, I, I, be aware because, like I said, what you got to lose. So it could be a, a fake punt from your own 10-yard line, a, or a surprise onside kick, fake field goal. We just don't know. But I just got that feeling. That's my bold prediction. Be ready for anything. Okay. All right. Tiny you minds else? think alike. Tiny <laughs> minds think alike. <laughs> All right, Ed. I, I I appreciate you joining the show today and something Anytime. that we, you know, and 
usually the Lions and Cardinals play every single year because, you know, frankly, we're usually the bottom feeders in the division, so they always have to match us up every year. It looks like that's probably not going to happen, you know, next year. But, you know, if it does ever come up to that point, we're going to play the Cardinals again. We're absolutely grateful to have you back, and I appreciate you coming on the show, Mac. Or, anytime, anytime, fellas. Like I said, appreciate you having me on, and we'll stay in touch. Uh, send me an email with all you guys' email, and I think we'll all hook up on uh, Twitter and everything like that, man. Look forward to being in touch. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. You got it, man. Thanks. All right, and thanks before you leave, at uh, where can they find your podcast at? Oh, on the Believe uh, platform. That's B L E A V. So it's Believe in Arizona Cardinals. I also have a Saturday show out here on KDUS 10:60 a.m. Uh, Phoenix. Been doing that one for four and a half years now. Every Saturday from 10 to 12, our time here in the Valley. So you can always go to our website or check us out. We actually do a live feed uh, on our uh, Easy Sports Talk show. Easy Sports Talk show, yeah, our Facebook page, so you can catch it live there as well. We video, we broadcast it. So, and on Twitter, I'm at Ed Smith Speaks and Instagram as well. Awesome, man, awesome. All right, again, thank you so much for you coming on. Absolute pleasure for you to be on here, and we'll see how this game goes this Sunday. So, with that being Sounds said, good. I'm out, guys. Appreciate you, man. Thanks, Ed. I'm out. Right. Peace. All right, everybody, I'm out. Peace. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.